0: Scripture for the meditation will come from John 13. First, I'll read verses 1 through 17, and then later on, I'm going to read verses 31 through 35. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it in the heart of Judas the son of Simon Iscariot to betray him. And during the supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was and was going to God, he got up from the table. He took off his outer robe and he tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with his towel that was tied around him. Then he came to Simon Peter who said, "Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share of me. So Simon Peter says to him, now lord, not only my feet but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet. But he's entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and for this reason he says, not all of you. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe, he returned to the table and said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your teacher and your Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the ones who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. As we march through Holy Week each year, we know the way through the week. It happens the same way every year. Easter Sunday is the destination. It is our point of greatest celebration. It's the day we're moving towards because on that day, in that moment, we see that the grave following a series of unthinkable events is not the end. Resurrection happens. Eternal life and God's kingdom is to come for all who belong to the Lord. But we're not there yet. There's still a lot to go through. Even still, this week is not just an obligatory walk through a series of events that have no meaning. We're, we don't walk through sad, mumbling to ourselves, well, I guess we have to go through the hard times of Good Friday and Holy Saturday. Now, this week is good every year because at every turn, Jesus is still teaching. He's still revealing something to us. Each year we gather and we participate in services and celebrations. We remember that we're headed toward the end, the most significant thing that's coming last. But even still, when we gather in faith and we, when we read these scriptures again, we see God bringing something out of them for us over and over and over again. I think sometimes the church gathers on Maundy Thursday so that we can get every little bit of time and teaching out of Jesus that we can. It's, it's, it's squeezing the, the last little bit out of the tube because we know what's coming on Good Friday. And so we gather on Maundy Thursday to see and to read and to remember and to go back into the upper room with Jesus. And what we see tonight is that Jesus is saving the best for last. Now, saving the best for last is not just an important thing that Jesus does. Um, It's not a spiritual tactic. In many ways, Jesus gives us the best first. But... When you go to seminary and you take preaching class, they teach you that if you have three points in your sermon, make sure that your best point is delivered at the end. In sales, they probably teach you, give your strongest sales pitch right there at the end so you can close it. And I know that when I was being taught how to write a five-paragraph essay so I could pass my standardized tests in high school, you made your most important point last. Now, for me, as someone thinking about saving the best for last, well, I, I just have to confess that Vanessa Williams' song from 1991 has been running through my head all week. As she sings, sometimes the snow comes down in June, and sometimes the sun goes round the moon. Just when I thought our chance had passed, you go and save the best for last. I don't think it has anything to do with Scripture, um, but hopefully by sharing this with you, um, I provide a tiny bit of comic relief, because surely they laughed at the Last Supper. And surely I can move on from the song after this night is over. But Jesus did save the best for last. He saved the best for last as he worked through this passage with his friends, as he worked through this story. Our service tonight opens with the Gospel of Luke as the room is prepared and the table is set. And then we read through what happened in that upper room. And some say that it's like a reporter is describing in real time everything that Jesus is doing as we read through chapter 13. Moment by moment, verse by verse, we see this unfolding. That's certainly what happens with the foot washing. And then after verse 17, which we're going to skip 17 through 31, we see Jesus go into depth with Judas and the betrayal and sharing the bread. But then, after Judas makes his way out into the night, we turn to verse 31 and we see when he had gone out, Jesus says to the rest of the disciples, Now the Son of Man has been glorified. And God has been glorified to him. And if God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify himself and will glorify himself at once. Little children, I'm, only with, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, now I say to you, where I'm going you cannot come. But I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you so too should you love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. His best for last, in his best for last, Jesus teaches us, reminds us to love. If you could read my notes, you would see that underlined in capital letters is this, This is how people will know that you're my disciples. It's when you love one another. The mark of Jesus' disciples is is not where our membership is. It's not how we dress or how we vote or who who our friends are or how right we are in the arguments. The mark of Jesus' people is love. The final instruction, the final word he gives to his disciples as a gathered group in the upper room is love. The scenes begin to shift in the coming days and we'll see Jesus live out that love again and again and again. He loves Peter very soon, even though Peter says he won't deny him, but does. We see how Jesus loves and forgives on the cross when he forgives that thief who waited till the very last second to start his relationship with God. Nevertheless, Jesus loves. We see how Jesus loves his disciples in the appearances after the resurrection. Peter is forgiven. The church is built upon the rock that is Petros, And even Thomas, who questions, who wonders, who wants to see for himself, Jesus embraces with love and says, see, here are my hands. For Jesus, love means forgiveness. It means making wholeness. It means seeing beyond mistakes and missteps. It means being a constant presence of support and grace for anyone, for everyone, for those, especially those who were fearful. And it means for us that we, do our best to become the living, grace-filled presence of God's love on earth. The living, grace-filled presence of a God who will soon reveal His great power by conquering death and exiting the grave. We are to love. Tonight, during this Monday Thursday remembrance and celebration and meal, we see Jesus saving the best for last. Service and hospitality are important. Seeing past Judas' Judas's betrayal is essential, but the best for last is not the easiest, but it's the best when we are called to love. We are to love and to embrace and to forgive and to seek God's presence in one another. We are to love, and as Jesus tells us, long before the hymn was written, they will know we are Christians by our love. They will know we are followers of Jesus. They they will know we are his disciples. They will know God's work is real and that God's power is alive by our love. And so tonight, may we yearn for and learn how to love as Jesus wants to teach us and as Jesus calls us to.